Wake up to a new day. Ice cream dripping on my new sway. Shoes, breeze blowing out of good pace. Sweet tea flowing. Hello, everyone. I've missed you so much. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to season two of Deep Thoughts with Connor Christmas and Gang. It's so good to see you, but not actually see you because this is a podcast. Uh, today, we are kicking off season two with a good friend of mine and uh, a colleague, Mr. Spencer Stryker. He is an actor. Uh, he's acted all over Canada. He is a stand-up comic, super funny guy. He used to be a bull rider or bronco rider. We'll find that out. I'm just super pumped to talk to him. He's a very interesting dude. Um, yeah, and we're kicking season two off with a bang. We've, we've upped the production value. We got pyro. We got uh, sound effects. We got uh, laser guns. We got everything we need. So uh, buckle up, because this is going to be an awesome ride for all of us. I uh, just want to give a shout out. I'm back with Catalyst Studios. I'm uh, my boy, Josh Franson. Yeah, we're recording in here. We're recording in here. And uh, also, yeah, just make sure you uh, check us out on social media, Deep Thoughts, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook. We don't have Twitter, because I don't get Twitter. Um, and also, you can check me out on Instagram at self-proclaimed underscore Saint Nick. Check me out there. And uh, yeah, let's jump into this episode. Spencer Stryker, episode one, season two. Let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah, I've listened to like pretty much all of them. The only ones that I haven't listened to are uh, Jared James and... Uh, uh, or James Jarrett. James Jordan, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The magician. The magician. You met him last night. I did, yeah. yeah. Well, mm. I met him a, a few times, but okay. last night, like, he was, like, one of the only people that would talk to me, which was super weird. Like, mm. not that, like, people were being, like, super mean. One person was being kind of mean. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know why you're being a dick to me. Like, yeah. I don't get this. this um, is, maybe they're voted being the best at being mean in Calgary. I, I think yeah. that might be, like, a nomination I'm going to put in next year for yeah. that person. <laughs> <laughs> best but, at being mean. But it was like, I got there, and then were like the only person that I recognized and then they were just mean to me and then I was like okay I don't know what to do and then I was just awkwardly talking to like some politician who I did not know until afterwards and then one mm. of my buddies was like oh yeah that guy's like actually like kind of an asshole and I was like okay and then I did some research and I'm like why did I talk to that guy <laughs> why, why, why did I spend so much time with him <laughs> why did I spend so much time hearing about fluoride I don't care about fucking fluoride <laughs> did he get into like chemtrails and stuff too yeah, a little bit a l like his thing was like more that like Calgary needs fluoride in the drinking water but oh, like, like then, tons of it yeah but then like at the same time like he was like yeah but in like the south like the their water already has a lot of fluoride in it and i was like fair i don't live in the south and i also don't really care because yeah. I, I like for me i'm like hey my teeth all fell out of my face for the most part like i got my head <laughs> stepped on by a bull so like fluoride it does not yeah, affect me i don't care about that yeah i'll brush my teeth every once in a while and that's good enough uh <laughs> but like <laughs> but like for this dude, it was just like, it, he was so passionate about it. And I was like, crap, this is awkward. And then I saw James and I was like, thank God. Yeah. Someone that I know that's nice and like happy. and like Show me a magic trick, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your magic trick should be make me happy and feel comfortable. Yeah, that's kind of what he does. He yeah, does. He's good at that. He's yeah. like, I, I made a joke one time. I was hosting uh, Cat Scratch. And I when I brought him up, I was like, Paul Fat Tompkins. But like, he totally is like a PF Tompkins. <laughs> like, like, he's like, he's such a happy dude. And like, just like so. I don't know, yeah. like, like warm and welcoming to like everyone. I don't know. His you know, Instagram is fun to follow. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> right. I love it. I love his all of his songs he does. Like, yeah, 
James Jordan is grade A, grade A human being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> General all around best person that I can think of is like, if you're like, yeah, entertainer who is kind, like he's on that list. Oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> it's because I think it's because he busks. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're a busker and like, you know how kind of ma- like mean and awful humanity can be, but you yeah. also know like the top of humanity, like random people coming together in a random spot in the world to like watch some guy tell jokes and do magic which like, is kind of the <laughs> coolest shit like i wish yeah. that i could do that but i have no yeah. skills that could do that right like, it'd yeah. be weird for me to just like go into the street and just do like like a monologue start of, doing like, time yeah <laughs> yeah like, just, just doing like like either stand up or like a, a monologue from like any sort of like play would just be super strange People yeah i wouldn't like that at all but think. you have done you have done the the shakespeare on the train mm-hmm. yeah which that was like super like it, it came about kind of weird though because like so me and Ben, we were, like, in a workshop. Like, we were workshopping a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know what happened. We were, I was having a smoke, and we were just kind of joking about it. And then we are like, this would actually be a good idea. And <laughs> we, neither of us had anything going on. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. So we did, like, we, like, picked, like, a short scene. Like, like picked, like, two train stops. And then mm-hmm. we had uh, a friend of ours, uh, Taylor Hicks, direct it. Um, but what was, like, super funny about it was, like, the first time that we did it, there was absolutely no one on the train. There was one dude and then my <laughs> friend who had came to watch. So we go to the train and, like, we start doing this scene and it was just another practice run, basically, at yeah. that point. But then when we did the transfer to go back, the train was packed. Like, so many people that it was hard to move. So then <laughs> it went from, like, no one to a lot of people. And then we did that, like, four times. And on, like, the fifth time, as we're, like, we pull into, like, because it was there was three stops. And so uh, we get to the second stop, and the train doesn't move. And the whole time, like, I'm still in the scene. Like, I'm still doing the scene, and, mm-hmm. like, me and Ben are doing it. And then I'm like, uh, like, a thought in my mind was, like, why hasn't the train moved in, like, five minutes? <laughs> and then I, like, just see the train conductor walking down the platform, and he opens up the door and, like, gets in the train, and he's like, he's like, uh, is there a problem here? And it's the scene from Two Gentlemen of Verona where, like, uh, or not Two Gentlemen, uh, Comedy of Errors, mm-hmm. um, where um, one guy's, like, freaking out because he's being confused as the twin. And he's like, I'm not married to this ugly woman. And so it's, like, right <laughs> when he's, like, at the end of his, like, m- m- like massive rant. And uh, so this guy comes on and he cuts me off, like, mid-fucking monologue. And, like, there was a part of me that was like, I should leave. But then the part of me that didn't, <laughs> but then <laughs> there was I can another, see where this is going. <laughs> there was another part of me that went, no, nah, fuck that. I'm committing to this. So <laughs> this guy's like, is there a problem here? And I go, what problem doth that have with me, train man? And like ben, ben is like super uncomfortable about the whole thing. He's like, we should just go. And I'm like, I'm like, nay, we should not leave. Man should drive train. And like Taylor Hicks gets up and like like pushes me off the train. And I'm like, I'm committing to it because I'm yeah, like, this you're is, going down this with is the shit. so much fun. And I'm like, what the hell is the worst that happens? Then like they bring CPS here, which would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine me getting arrested for like performing Shakespeare and just committing? to the bit like that would for sure be the good PR yeah that'd move. be like, great oh yeah you know, that video would be the one that went viral that would yeah. go viral for sure like. <laughs> yeah like a true thespine <laughs> yeah you go down with that ship i am thespis incarnate you, i will have you know <laughs> you will be jailed for your art yeah yeah i do think more there needs to be more uh more weird transit art that happens i and and that's 
like kind of what I want to do this year. Like I, I, uh, I was talking to you about this earlier, um, before the podcast, but about the, uh, like I want to do, um, Shakespeare on the train as like a web series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm going to be doing this year, like kind of throughout the year. Cause I realized I can't really do it every week. Cause I for sure would get busted for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, but like, I've got a really good cinematographer on board and, and I think that it'd be a really fun way to like, I don't know, just showcase actors in the city in general. Because there's tons of people that I know who got out of school and they're still trying to find like like consistent yeah, stuff, yeah. right? And then they don't have that like they were in school for four years or five years in my case. Uh, I chose that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were like they had access to all these facilities and now they don't. And yeah, so like that was yeah, that's like what I found myself in. Real like, well, how do I just practice? <laughs> I think that's like the the scariest thing too, because I I had went into university after already like having done a lot of this stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I was already like film acting and doing stand up and and like stunt work. Uh, like the only thing that I hadn't really done was theater. Like I'd done a little bit in in school, but like yeah, once I got out of school, like and moved to Calgary, I was like, oh, film pays. Okay, well fuck that. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah. do then. Yeah, film um, pays, theater doesn't. Okay, that's kind of an obvious choice. <laughs> yeah, but then I I got to a uh, like when I was in university, I I just kind of fell in love with it. Like to to a weird like mm-hmm. to where now I'm like I have to be doing like plays all the time. I'm like it's weird if I'm not. Like I feel like I can I can balance doing like a film and a play at the same time and just like do both of those things yeah but it's like i need that like consistent thing or else i'm i'm not like i, I feel like i'm not doing good you know what yeah. i mean you're not yeah you're <coughs> not like fulfilling that that role that you that you want to not yeah. like not character like but yeah but like but like that that part of you artistically that's like mm-hmm. hey i need to keep growing and i feel like theater is a good way to keep growing because every time you're you're doing it. I feel like you get to work on a character for so long that like you, you do learn new tricks about yourself and your process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Shakespeare on, on the train, like it was, it was funny because I, I had this idea and I thought it would be cool as a web series, but I didn't think like, like it's one of those weird things where it's like, I don't know if I should ask any actors about this. Cause they might just be like, that's weird. And I don't <laughs> yeah, want to work a weird with thing you. To do. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what it is? It is a weird thing to do, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's kinda, acting is a weird thing. Acting to do. is a super weird thing to do. Like you're playing make believe and getting paid for it. Like that's yeah. the weirdest. Sometimes, like, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's a sometimes thing. Um, I, I think that like, it's nice though to, to like, to, to know that, you are worth something like your art is worth something so Mm -hmm. i think like like for sure you could you could act forever and like never get paid for it but i think at a certain point you got to just like like just like hey pay me yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) or like or just put yourself in the place where you're like i'm not doing anything except for like you know Mm -hmm. if it's paid and 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 for me like it's uh like i did you know like six seven years of like doing all of the stuff where i was doing it for free and i was like building up my resume and now i'm at the point where like in within the last year i've been like if i'm not getting paid for something i don't really want to do it just because like that's all i'm doing now like i i I don't have like a day job right so i'm like i gotta make money at at this so it's like either i gotta be getting paid for that or like i gotta be getting paid for like some film thing Mm -hmm. um but it's got to be like some sort of uh 
some sort of like payment for what I'm doing. Yeah, and the, like job dependent too. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a it's a it's a trade, right? And like, and this is what you've kind of wanted to focus on talking about today. The the deep thought of the episode is that uh, that artistic hustle that yeah doesn't really get uh what how did you put it? I I, I think like artistic hustle doesn't get uh, rewarded enough. Like mm-hmm. and 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 what I mean by that is I don't think that it's uh, necessarily that people that work hard don't uh, like get to that place, but it's that not enough people that work hard get to that place. You know, mm-hmm. like and 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 we live in a country with a lot of grants for arts and and a lot of um, a lot of opportunities for artists to make money. It's not great money, but there is still those opportunities. Yeah. and I. And you just got to keep your ear to the ground and like yeah. be able to do that, yeah. And just be like on it all the time, and uh, and and I think that that's something that um, as as a community of artists, like we need to we need to step it up and like I think motivate each other and and like in ways to like keep working harder, because because you know what it's like when you see someone who's like not motivated enough and then they're like complaining all the time about like not getting stuff and it's like mm-hmm. like it, it's like i can i can relate because it sucks when you're going through like a dry spell of like not getting a lot of stuff but at the same time you gotta at a certain point like it is a freelance trade yeah Even well if, you like you yourself are a small business like, yeah you're an independent contractor if you're freelance mm-hmm. and like you're going to companies to be like hire me like let's sign a contract together i will work for you for this amount of time yeah it's yeah it's finding those jobs and and doing that and some john mulaney has a bit about how going to school was like investing in a small business cause, yeah like, and we yeah we both w- went to school for uh both went to school for acting and it is like you're paying all that money you're investing in yourself to be that person yeah actor a comedian whatever performance aspect you want to do um and it's the same for all artists right and well and i think it's funny too because i think um what people don't take enough out of out of theater school and acting school is uh it's not gonna. It's not gonna give you a career when you get out. Like it's not like a lot of other degrees where like you get out and you're. And I mean now it's kind of a bad. It's a bad example now because no degree really guarantees you a career after. Yeah, very like, true. <laughs> but but at least uh, at least for a while there, like you get you know a degree in blank and it's like oh well then this is your career. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think that actors, um, young actors, don't realize is like it's the training that is crucial for you but it doesn't necessarily mean anything like like you should absolutely commit to doing your four years of training and and getting all of that experience that you're going to get in school that like really you can't get it elsewhere like that that uh, yeah like maybe workshops and stuff like that but mm -hmm. and and the thing with uh like any art too which i find really interesting is that you don't necessarily have to go to school like no if you put in the work on your own like there's certain kinds of people they can just like teach themselves anything right yeah and they're just like very in terms of arts like they're just very open people so they're just very they resonate with art and and art resonates with them yeah so like the training's important no matter where you are and what you're doing it just right? depends on like which training you're getting mm-hmm. and and that's where i do think that like school is important in that it it can give everybody those resources and those abilities to to learn 
but like you said, there are people that don't need that. And I mm-hmm. think we see that all the time with acting specifically, because when you're going for like theater auditions, it's like, yes, it's all people that have that have trained and they've worked hard at like specifically doing this. Um, but when you go for a film audition, you're going to be up against people that are models and, and comics mm-hmm. and yeah, people yeah. that like <laughs> have never had any acting like training, formal training, but they might be really good at like getting that that thing. Like, yeah, they doing might that film acting thing that just mm-hmm. like I don't even know how to describe it yet i'm still like getting into all the films but there is like there's film acting and that's like it's a weird switch where yeah uh, like i don't know how to articulate it maybe you do i i the way i've always kind of looked at film acting is like okay so i i see uh i see it as like a comparison of like sketch like theater and film is the same comparison as like stand up to sketch okay because like i think that like sketch is very much like theater like you're you're um and and not just because like it is lower paid for the most part which Mm is um kind of sad because it is a more collaborative thing but you you have to be going bigger with it right and you have to be like like going a lot bigger with it and stand up you 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 need a lot of those subtleties that you would also have in film Mm -hmm. and so like that's kind of that like that's where at least i see the comparison and i might might be a bad example because like my whole stage thing is that i'm like pretty fucking slow and subtle but um or just manic as fuck but like there's (laughs) there's like there's um i think that that would be like the comparison because it is two very different um two very different styles and there's still things that you take from both like you take you know your your beats like and and finding those moments are like still the same in both but it's just a matter of they're completely different styles of those Mm -hmm. beats and moments um and I, I think the other thing too with like with theater is is people when they imagine it they think that it's like you know and I think that we both can can clarify this it's like oh you have to go bigger and bigger and like yeah bigger the, b- bigger better more how many drama teachers have said that line <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like they're right in a in a sense mm-hmm. but I also think that if if you're a good theater actor you, like everyone that I've respected in like the theater community I'm like I don't look at them and go oh they need to be bigger and better like i look at them because it's like oh you're you're having these like really like like small moments where like you're not going huge like yeah you're, you're still pulling projecting. the focus by being slow and subtle and like but yeah then it's the mix of like having those explosive moments at the same time yeah it's like being subtle but still being able to fill like a, a theater yeah that's a that's a really important talent to have I think. huge or talent not even a talent that's something you need to work on like I, I was going to ask you this uh, just because it, this and, is and, my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had this, I had this weird thought that was, sorry, I don't need to just No, like, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I, and it's only because you're the only other person that I know that does like everything that I do. Okay. Uh, it, as far as like theater, film, stand up, like, uh, yeah, like I guess we these. should say Spencer. Of <laughs> co- we've just gotten into the conversation. Spencer, who I'm talking to right now, if we haven't said his <laughs> name enough for you, <laughs> is is a, a theater film actor you've guessed all of it he does stand up um yeah so uh and you did you do you used to be a bull rider yeah i used to yeah. i used to ride bulls and bareback horses when i was younger okay. actually when i was when i was 15 i made the canadian cowboys association finals uh in the novice bareback i was like second in the nation and yeah. then uh the next year no big I, deal no, I, yeah, big no big deal no big deal no you know what i just like i actually almost wore my coat too and then i was just like oh don't be that guy that's like living in the past sort of thing hey like, it's okay man no uh, one can see you on a podcast <laughs> that's true that is very true that's probably good uh yeah. but uh <laughs> i uh 
but what was really funny is like the next year I went pro, like I, I got my pro membership and, and I was like, it was, it was kind of a big deal for me. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm 16. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like I kind of had those moments. Um, and then I was at a bareback riding school and I got into a really bad wreck. Like it was like right at the start of the season, like broke my radius, my nose concussion, like a bull vertebrae. like stomp on you. No, a, a bucking horse actually. Oh, cause, cause I had, uh, after I got my head stepped on by a bull, I kind of, this that, is after you this got, is after I got my head yeah, stepped okay. on by a bull. I, yeah. I'm going to just <laughs> jump back into the ring. I guess they say you got to get back on the horse. You got to get back on the horse. Uh, <laughs> but it was, what was funny about it was, uh, like, I, I realized I wasn't a good bull rider. Like I knew that like riding bucking horses was what I was going to be good at. And there's, mm. there's less people riding bucking horses. So it's a, it, it is a more like, ah. it's a, it's a more lucrative career. Less saturated, more lucrative. Yeah. And so it's like, it's nice to like, you could make a lot of money doing it mm-hmm. and not be very good. And I like, even though I was like, you know, making decent coin, I, I wasn't very good at it. Um, whereas bull riding, there's like, you know, you go to a rodeo, there's like 40 guys, even at amateur level. Yeah. And then you go to a professional level, there's like 160 guys. So like, how, how, how do you make money at that when they pay to like, you know, sixth place? So, yeah. And um, so you weren't, you ended up not being very good at it. So hence like the thing with bull riding or riding bucking broncos. Is yeah. If you're not good at it, you're getting stomped. You're on. getting stomped on. And, and I got stomped on a lot riding bulls. And so I, Jesus, I, I made man. the decision where I was like, <laughs> I should ride bucking horses. Cause they don't chase after you when you fall off. Oh, like, that's uh, fair. Like, yeah. Like, and, uh, so, but I had this really bad wreck. I, I, uh, horse like came out of the chute. I don't know what exactly happened. I, I got pretty concussed from this, but I, fair. um, my my arm like I, I remember at one point I was straight up and down and like the way the bareback riding works is like you put your hand into like a suitcase handle basically okay but it's like super tight and like oh yeah you've yeah got leather like rosin and everything and so like your hand is stuck in there because um, you're literally putting it right above the horse's wither so all of that power is coming through that that mm-hmm. rigging and that's going alter your arm and you have to kind of like counterbalance that way right yeah um what ended up happening though was i ended up completely upside down and i was heading towards the rigging and i was like this is gonna fucking hurt and like (laughs) and like so i smacked my face into the rigging and then my hand like somehow i got my hand out like second jump and then i'm going towards the ground and i put my hands out and then i thought nah if i do that i'm gonna break my collarbone so i moved my arms back but i didn't turn so i landed on my face and like if my thumbnail is my face my heels came behind my head and then I just went whap, like just completely out. My nose had exploded, like Jesus. completely just like fucking blown up. Uh, I came to and there's like all my friends and like the people there were standing around me. They're like, you OK? And like my hat was completely ruined. There's just like it was a white. That's hat what you're and, worrying like, about. Right? Yeah, no, that was <laughs> my like, hat was ruined. My hat was ruined. Oh, and, man. And, and it was the newest one that I'd got for my sponsors. And like <laughs> it was like specifically my hat. I was so fucking pissed about it. And so like there's just blood all over it. So like I, I go and I'm, I'm taking off the tape for my arm and I go from like here and all of a sudden my arm starts to hurt. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. But like I didn't think anything of it. Like mm-hmm. at the at the time, I was like, "Oh, it's probably nothing." Just uh, a sprain. Just a sprain. Just a sprain. My nose was broken. My buddy like pops it back into place, uh, which that hurt. Um, but uh, so then I ended up uh, I ended up going to the hospital the next day, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, you're really fucking broken. <laughs> like, like there's there is like there's a lot wrong with you." So, but what ended up happening with that was I I transitioned because of this because I I had, um 
that whole year I'd been trying to get into stunt work. Yeah. Um, and I had been emailing Actra, uh, Saskatchewan, like the whole time. And, mm-hmm. and finally they were, uh, they got back to me and they're like, Hey, so talk to a producer. They want you to come on as a stunt observer. So you'll get to like learn how sets work and everything. Um, but I was also in the stampede, but I had a broken arm. So I show up for here and then it's like, you, know, you probably shouldn't get on a bucking horse with a broken arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, me and my mom drive all night from Calgary to Regina to go to uh to be on set for the next day Mm -hmm. and i was expecting it to be like some independent like small sort of production and when i get there and i start talking to the producer a she knows a friend of my mom's who was in the film industry so that was a nice little like ease into like a little more comfortable a little more comfortable uh and then she follows that up with uh oh yeah so the guy that you're like shadowing has uh his dad was a stunt coordinator he's a stunt coordinator and has been a stunt coordinator for like you know 20 years uh, he's worked with, like, Sean William Scott and stuff, like, on Goon. And I'm like, oh, that's mm. cool. And then she's like, oh, yeah, and, like, the movie starts Christian Slater. And I'm just like, what? 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 <laughs> this is not, like, this is not what I was thinking. I was thinking I would get to, like, ease my way into this. But it was, like, at the soundstage in Regina and, like, at, at, like, at 16, I, I was, like, super, like, following the stunt coordinator around everywhere. And, mm-hmm. like, um, and like they had this really crazy set because it was uh it was a movie about like this um like moon base that gets like attacked with an alien parasite right okay so uh so they have this really intricate like spaceship set that was really cool to look at and me and him, uh the stunt coordinator like took me for a tour of the set and we're like walking around the uh like the control panels in like the those uh like front of the spaceship and he's like he starts flipping switches and then all of a sudden he's like oh shit i shouldn't have done that and he like flips them all back he's like continuity i'm like what <laughs> i don't know that word what, what does that mean <laughs> um but it was it was really cool because uh he like i i learned a lot from that but it also spoiled me because i was coming from like the first thing that i ever did was like this big budget movie with like mm-hmm. you know massive craft services there's like hundreds of crew and like i'm getting treated like gold because yeah. i'm like following and then you're the just like watching around <laughs> yeah and like and then i end up going to uh like i moved to calgary and i'm like wow this is not what film is like at all <laughs> like, like very little very yeah little. like i'm like oh you got some like chewy dips for us to eat that's cool <laughs> yeah. i remember when we Ooh. had like nibs <laughs> yeah granola bars and apples <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's craft services for all day, and you're like, I need more than this. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so uh, Spencer, actor, all this stuff, um, just because we didn't introduce him at the start. <laughs> so, yeah. um, okay, and, hold and on a sec. I got to yeah. go back to the question I was going to yeah, ask you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, with, with because you do stand-up in theater, do you ever notice that, like, now on stage you project more as a stand-up? Because I noticed that I didn't do that before, oh, like, hell doing yeah. theater training, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, now I have to hold the mic away from me because I'm basically fucking yelling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't honestly. I want to get to a place, and I think I'm there for the most part, unless it's like a big theater, which I'm not playing for stand-up right now. <laughs> uh, not there yet. Um, I I don't even want a mic. Like, yeah, I I would way rather just be like freaking like no mic hands free can move don't have to worry about like whether you can hear me whether you can hear me whether you can hear me like (laughs) i don't want (laughs) to i don't want to like have to be that deliberate about where i'm turning my head and using the mic yeah so but um yeah i do i have to like hold the mic like way down at my chest or like almost close to my belly button sometimes yeah (laughs) because i'm way too loud james moore uh, has taken me aside after comedy monday night being like (laughs) Do you even know how to hold a mic? Dude, like, he did that to me on Monday. <laughs> so like I, 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 I like I do this thing when I'm nervous where I grab the mic really 
tight to the yeah. top and he like, a like rapper. yeah and i had this really good set and then uh all of a sudden james pulls me in the back and i'm like oh fuck did i say the wrong thing and mm-hmm. he's like i'm gonna give you some criticism young fella and you might not <laughs> like it but i'm gonna tell it to you anyways and i'm like okay and he's like he's like hold the mic at the middle like don't hold it like a rapper you're not a rapper are you and i was just yeah. like no <laughs> he said that to me too but except he didn't really lead up to it that that well he just was like he was like, you're not a rapper, are you? Like, the, one of the first things he said, and I was like, what are you talking about? I just like, maybe because my last name's Christmas, I automatically put a W in front. So I was like, I don't rap things usually. Like, <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's an odd way to try and get to know me. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he meant rapper without the W, obviously. Um, so uh, yeah, and he was just like, to hold the mic, like, do you know how a microphone works? <laughs> I was like, oh God, am I, I'm never working in the city again. <laughs> I know, and it's so intimidating too, because like that's the first thought in your mind. You're like, oh, yeah. "Fuck me, I yeah. fucked up You're so like, bad." Damn it! Now James hates me. <laughs> the the Godfather of Calgary comedy. Yeah, yeah. him and him and Daryl Mack, the two gay dads of Calgary comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Oh Jesus! It's so true though. Like I remember, like when I started doing stand up, like. Both of those guys scared the living fuck out right? of me. Right, they're intimidating. Like, they're intimidating, and then like, like I was talking to Dale about this recently. I'm like, isn't it weird that like now that like we're a couple of years in, they're people. Like, yeah. like, like at one point it was just like they're they're scary and mm-hmm. and and everything, but it's like no, they're people. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I've kind of just reached that point. I think where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I'm just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, like smoke weed with some gu- with these guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's that's like the funniest thing is like uh like when I was in Toronto, like Mac, the first week that I was there, he was doing Absolute, which was like a block away from me. Okay. So I got to like get introduced to like all the Absolute crew like oh, right nice. off the top, and I was like. This wouldn't have happened if like Mac wasn't like cool with me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. remember when he scared me a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's such a it's such a weird industry. It's like cuz you just you go into it without any knowledge of anything. You yeah. just stand up, you like go in so green and you just like figure it out yourself and you have no idea what to do and you're just like I'm just in a room with all of these people most of them are men but there's some there's some women too yeah. and uh and i i don't know what to do and, and i feel like most of the time too it takes like like for me it took me a long time to like find like like it was easy to find like jokes that worked but it was hard to find like what was actually be like, yeah. you, like, you know, like, that's one thing where, like, and nobody can tell you that. Like, you have to figure that one out on your own. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. just, like, through time, you figure out, like, what your voice is. But, like, mm-hmm. that's not something, like, that's the only art form where that happens. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't, like, even with music, even though that's, like, a fairly, like, like, you know, like, smaller process with people, it's harder to. It can to, be, yeah, yeah, Like, it's, it's, it's harder to, uh, like. Like it's harder to fuck up and not find your voice with music because you're like, yo, I like this type of music, so I'm gonna do this type of music. And it's kind of all you're focused on, right? You're mm. like, you're you're writing your music is r- like finding your voice and like, and I it, it should it is the same with jokes, but I think when you start, you're like, what will other people find funny? And yeah. what will like what is gonna make these people laugh? And like what isn't hack? And like what is like all this or you're not worrying about that at all yeah when you're starting and um well like doing hack things like um 
oh, I'm filming my set, so make sure you clap a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've definitely done that before. <laughs> I'm trying out new material tonight, This is guys. my new joke, so be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my least favorite is, like, like acknowledging new material. Because I'm like, yeah. no, just own the bomb. Just yeah. own it. Like, yeah. It's so much better if you just own it. Like, you mm-hmm. can move on from owning it. If you go, oh, that's new, guys. People are just like, ah, oh, he's going to do more new stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be not that good. Is what they're <laughs> or they're like, it better be amazing, um, but it's going to be new. I don't know what they think, but it's never good. No. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna ask you this um, because you, I'm sure, like me, have to take time away from doing stand-up while you're doing film and if you've got a theater gig or whatever. Yep. And, like, do you find that – because you've been doing stand-up for, what, like, four years? Yeah, four years now. Yeah? Um, how How is it, like, leaving for, like, a month or a month and a half or a, even, a, like, a week or two and then coming back in and, like, oh, yeah, I kind of suck at this again? Like, do you do you feel that? Because that's how I feel all I, the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it honestly depends because, like, I think, uh, I think it depends on what I'm leaving for. Because, mm. like, if, if I'm in, like, a good mind space coming back into stand-up, like, if I'm if – I'm, coming back from something that isn't like depressing like you know work mm-hmm. i think that it's easier to to come back into stand up um but at the same time like anytime i take time off it, there is that training ground again you're you're coming back in yeah like, it's something you have to do like every week like mm-hmm. multiple times a week if you want to get to pro level <laughs> like no yeah and and that was something that i noticed in toronto uh for me like like here you know like you do like if you're if you're lucky here you're getting like like five sets a week right like that's, that's like yeah that's, that's pretty lucky like, that's yeah. like that's a good good week um and in toronto it's like that would be a good night like that's like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's where it's like like there was such a, a distance but like that's not saying like the the quality of shows was as good though like mm-hmm. like you're you're doing a lot of sets there, but you're not necessarily doing like stuff that an audience is seeing. Like there's a few like really good ones that like had audiences, but because it's such an oversaturated market, like yeah. open mics specifically, like you'd never, there's just stand up. It's comics. just it's like 20 stand up comics in a room. Yeah. It's like the after show at Vern's, but like way worse. Cause it's, yeah. it goes until 2am, like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, but those are important too. Cause those, like those ones, I always feel like you're never gonna do like written material that you've already practiced. It's like gonna no. be trying stuff out, right? And and I, I definitely see that as being like beneficial too. Um, but I uh, like I don't know. I I I work differently with that. Like I I I feel like I gotta have like audience there because like i i think like it's a different muscle to make like a room full of stand-ups laugh than a room mm-hmm. full of like paying customers and i think like the only reason that, that is is because like stand-ups want you to see like they, they want to see you do like kind of fucked up things and like yeah. and, and do yeah. weird shit well for stand-up comics <laughs> like it's it's funnier to see someone bomb than it is to see them do well like yeah sometimes it's like you you laugh because you put them yourself in their shoes yeah so like if they say if you can tell like something's going through their head that goes through your head then you think that's funny yeah but there's almost like an unspoken there's some unspoken jokes that happen yeah yeah and then some and then the other set of stand-up comics are like kind of cynical and they like don't want to laugh at you for whatever reason which i don't get that i don't get <laughs> yeah. that I don't there's know. like a small group that's just like i'm the only funny one here i know <laughs> and, and to me i've i've never got that because like i know that stand-up is like yes it's a solo act but i feel like if you're on a show it's still a collaborative 
perform yeah. because like make you, the show good. Yeah, right? you want the guy before you to do good so that you can do good so that the guy after you can do good. Like mm. that's how I've always looked at it. Is like I want everyone to do really good. So yeah, I'm gonna laugh at everyone's shit. Like I and yeah, like yeah. I I find a lot of stuff funny though. Like I I might be a bad gauge on that because like I'll I'll laugh at like dad jokes just as much as I'll laugh oh, yeah, at like too. a well crafted <laughs> like political statement. I'm like yo, these are all funny. Um, but like the time off thing, like it does, it does definitely like, like, like affect, uh, like your set, I think, yeah. especially for the first little, like couple, I think like it only like now it's gotten to a point where like, I know myself well enough where it only takes a couple of sets to like ease back into it to where I'm like, I'm comfortable now, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it's still those first couple of sets are like, like dreaded almost where it's like, I know I'm in a bomb. I know I'm in a bomb. I yeah. know I'm in a bomb. I know I'm in a bomb. And you get that in your head. And then you get that in your head. And then, prophecy. yeah. And then you bomb and like it, it you kind of just got to like stay positive throughout the whole process so that you don't bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually funny. I took the entire month of August off from everything this year. Like I had, I had, I had done a play and then I had done, I had flown back here to do Redwater Valley with like uh, Ryan and those guys with okay. Story Hive. And then I, as soon as I got back to Toronto, I had to go to Sarnia to shoot a feature. So after that, I, I kind of, I, I was like sitting in my apartment. I was just like, God, I need time off. Like I mm-hmm. just spent like, like seven months doing shit like every night. Um, so I just like, I wrote for a whole month and, and I think that that was more beneficial to me than if I had went out and done stuff at the time. Okay. And I think like part of that's like, I needed a mental break. Like I, I was mm-hmm. at a point where I was, I was like not doing, not doing great mentally. And, and yeah. like, and, and I feel like taking that break <coughs> was really good, but, uh, but man, like that first set back whole, oh, was it rough? Cause like a whole <laughs> month off is so much worse than yeah, like, it sure is. And, and like, that's where it's like kind of nice too with like, with theater, um, even if you're in a play, like if you're lucky, you're rehearsing the day so you can do stand up at night. Like that's if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're in like a full time production, like yeah. Yeah, but like if you're if you're not lucky, then then you might only have like two days in the week where you can do stand up, mm-hmm. like two nights. You pre book your weekends because you don't have rehearsal on Saturday or something. Exactly, and then uh, what's nice about a run is like you have a dark day, so you're just like, okay, that's the night where like I have to go out and do stand up each week, and even yeah. if, <laughs> even if it's just jokes that you're really good at, mm-hmm. um, just to keep it up, just to keep it up, and just to keep that like muscle going because it is so different from from acting in in every way like oh yeah and and but i do think like after having taken all of my theater training and that i think that there is a lot of stuff that i've taken from that and like applied it to stand up or like such as such as uh I've learned a big part of my act is owning silences. Oh, yeah. Me too. I, this is something I'm recently learning. Yeah, yeah same here. I, uh, I I learned that uh, a lot of my jokes are funnier if I'm, like, way slower and, like, mm-hmm. pause in between, like, things. Like, I have I have a whole weed joke. It's, like, two minutes long, and I think I say, like, seven sentences altogether. Yeah, and for weed jokes, that's really good, too. Super because good. Because, like, you just, you're a stoner. And people love that because they go. And you talk real slow. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a sloth. Kind of like a sloth. Um, but I, I, I really figured it out last night because I, I, I ended up going to uh, Oak Tree. Okay. Um, and uh, like I got a spot and I was uh, super stoked about that because it was my first time there in a really long time. Yeah. Like, shout out to Jupiter Comedy. Shout out to Tree. Jupiter Comedy. Yeah. Amy Edgar, Eric Steele. But what was crazy was I had started writing a bit because something happened to me last week where I was like, immediately I was like, this is going to be a bit. Like I just, I knew, (laughs) I knew deep down, I was like, this is going to be a bit. There's no way that like this can't be. Uh, So I went and tried it at like handcuff on Sunday 
and it was awful. But there was like two things that worked in it, right? Okay. So then I tried it at Comedy Monday Night, and like I like I rewrote it, and then it it worked at Comedy Monday Night. But I was like, man, there's something missing here. So I tried it again last night, and I just cut a lot of stuff out and just really took my time with it. Nice. Like I had like five seconds in between, like like. Mm-hmm. things i was saying and i was just like i noticed as i was doing it i was like okay this is what it means to control a room i guess is to just like to really be comfortable in be the comfortable silence with the silence and, and mm-hmm. like either people are gonna laugh at that or they're not but if you if you fucking like bail out too soon they're not gonna laugh at it because they're not gonna have faith that you they're, they're gonna know that you don't have faith in your bit then at that point yeah like and and I and I think that that's a big thing with like owning the silences is knowing that you're going to get to that place. So the audience has to trust you that you're going to get to that place. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And if they don't trust you, then you're fucked. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have them on board. They're <laughs> no. on a different train. Uh, yeah. And I think you saw that on on Tuesday. Like I, I did my weed joke on Tuesday, and like I was like. Like there was like moments of silence and I'm like, I've got to go to the next thing. And yeah. like, I, just, like I, I, I was like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, why I don't think, I? I think it was because of the, the gong system. I think it was the gong system. So for the listeners, there's this new weekly stand-up show in town. Um, they only do this one monthly, but it's Comedy Tuesday Night at Blind Beggar. Um, and every month they'll do a cyber gong show where you can vote on this app. You can constantly be giving this comic five, one to five stars. And once you reach uh, below 2.5, then the comic gets kicked off. They get gonged. They get, like, on the TV screen, some guy shakes his head no at you, and you get gonged. (laughs) And, and, yeah, it's, like, very stressful. It's super (laughs) stressful. And the thing that was, like, terrifying about it, too, was, like, I I, I was thinking, like, right before I went on, I'm like, okay, like, I I know I'm good but like am i gonna be able to do this like there, yeah. there was like that that element of just knowing that this is a completely alien thing to what i'm used to yep and then uh like what i really respected about your set was that you would you were in bits and you would start to get to like 2.6 mm. and all of a sudden you'd just be like okay guys you really need to hear the end of this so like bring that up <laughs> <Yeah>. and like <laughs> people would bring it up to like four and i'm like what yeah. the hell is happening this is See, amazing me going into it i was just like i do not want to end in the middle of a bit like mm. i don't want that to happen that's gonna look so bad oh like, yeah you want to end on a laugh at least so i was just like yeah if i'd ever like be in the middle of a joke and mine are always like weird convoluted like <laughs> they're and they're a little longer they're like two minutes to three minutes long like yeah um sometimes they're like i'll do like a five minute bit just on one thing yeah and uh so it's like okay you really want to hear this next <laughs> part i swear to you i swear <laughs> See, and i think that we're similar in that way that like our bits are longer mm-hmm. like like there's a lot to them and like i i think what what i like to do is like have like a really goddamn solid like ending punchline and yeah. so it's like there might be some build up to that that's not funny but like you gotta stick with me yeah, you pull them in. That's where it. that's where the silence comes in. I yeah, think. that's and what I've been learning. Because in theater, you're always like, pick up your cues, pick up your cues. Yeah. So I'd always like, oh, comedy is fast paced. It's like not giving the audience a chance to keep up. But in stand up, you got to give them time to laugh. Yeah, and and yeah. And, and, uh, and I think that like that's something too that's really funny with theater is like I noticed when I started doing theater. I would pause after a joke. Like mm. I, I was like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is. The, uh, <laughs> 
audience and and joke. <laughs> I had I, I did this one play, uh, Mother Courage and Her Children, mm-hmm. and there was like this one part that the director kept telling me to make funny, make funny. He was like, I don't care what you do, do a sil-. finally like two days before we open, he's like, do a silly voice. I don't give a fuck. And it was like this whole scene. He wanted me to make it funny. And I didn't see it as being funny at all, Mm -hmm. but I started doing just this like wacky radio voice, like in the, like, and I'm like, yeah, not many days left. See where people can sit in the sun with their shirt sleeves. And like, everyone fucking broke like everyone <laughs> broke like like yeah. the person that was in the scene with me the band that was behind us like everyone that was watching in the rehearsal and uh so then i was like all right i guess this is what i'm doing the whole time and then but i'd done the whole scene in that voice then like i he only wanted <laughs> me to do one line and i didn't yeah. know that because he wasn't clear so then we uh we get into like uh opening and like or like the day before opening and he's giving notes and he's like don't do the voice the whole scene he's like (laughs) we're tired of it we're We're tired of it (laughs) one line and done line (laughs) (laughs) yeah but stand-up's a lot different where you do you like because people there's no plot like no they they are there to laugh at your jokes (laughs) yeah there's no subtext they don't give a shit (laughs) yeah and like even if there is that's like if they get it cool if not it still should be funny yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's uh what a lot of comics uh, um nowadays and i'm not i'm not trying to like shit on any comics at all when i'm saying this mm-hmm. but like there's a lot of comics nowadays that like are trying to do too much of a message than like making funny right and i think yeah. that like like anytime that you like make a message i think that it's it's a better point when you make it funny like it's, it ends up being a stronger point when it when it ends up being a funny joke that you're doing with it, right? Because mm. I, I think that resonates with people a lot more. Like I remember uh, Doug Stanhope's bit on nationalism strictly because it was so funny, but it was so true. Like it resonated mm-hmm. with me, and I, I could hear his message that he was making with it, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's like a thing that like I noticed in Toronto is there would be comics that would get up and they'd just do like they would they would do like five, but it like was like social justice comedy. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, which is important. There's some important. people that are really good at that. Absolutely, and I think that there's people that like they've owned they've like honed that craft to where mm-hmm. like now it's, it's like it's their voice. It's their voice, yeah. and like they can, but they make it funny. That's the thing that I think people mm-hmm. are missing out on. Um, like when you go to a, a stand up show, like you, it's it's not. It's it's not spoken word poetry. Like you don't want to yeah, like yeah, feel yeah. like shit after you're, someone's set. Like you're clapping, not snapping. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's very true. And like, um, I think uh, even if you do just joke about something, like I'm working on this bit, it's just about like how I get anxious a lot, and um, it's not me really like making a comment on anxiety or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it is like bringing attention to like. Hey, I'm anxious like all the time (laughs) and it's weird and I'm kind of anxious right now. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, what's really funny about that is like, I relate to that like right away and I don't know if it's just, it brings people's minds to that subject so they can think whatever they want to after that. Yeah, totally. And mm -hmm. and for, for me, it's really funny because when you say that on stage, I always like start to feel a little bit anxious and I'm like, (laughs) fuck off. Like, (laughs) I think it's because I do feel anxious when I do that joke too. I'm trying to work on like being a little more hand I'm like that, oh god <laughs> which like immediately i relate to like every time I, I i get a little bit anxious i have to do breathing exercises because mm-hmm. i i have terrible anxiety to where it feels like i'm having a heart attack and i'm yeah. like your chest that pressure in yeah your chest. And, and and like then you feel your heartbeat and you're like is that normal yeah. uh but like <laughs> so like so like when you say that i'm, I'm just like oh 
fuck me this is gonna and then you make it good though like you're and like i've seen you do it a couple of times now and like you've like since i've seen you do it the first time like you've crafted it a bunch to where like it, it, it's automatically funnier like just mm-hmm. the way that you go like let's talk about it like <laughs> hey i'm anxious right now <laughs> <laughs> do some like weird voices that i do when i'm uncomfortable and yeah but it's like i think um because it's like it's important for me like i it's a thing that uh, I've been doing in the past for stand-up is uh, is like putting on a show like hey mm-hmm. waka waka but I'm like no let's I'm nervous right now so I'm gonna talk about it or I'm gonna like at least like uh, say it and then yeah. I can move on to the rest of my jokes like no because totally. then it's out there and then we're good to go like um, but that joke is also much better because there's pauses too um, because if I was just talking I think that you could make a bit about just stream of constants being anxious sometimes you just ramble on and you never know when to stop and yeah but, but instead i just like kind of like retreat a little bit and then say something and retreat a little bit um but to bring it back into uh, this is a question i wanted to ask you before we get out of here um to bring it back into kind of the hustle of things with um with acting uh stage film comedy in toronto versus in calgary like um maybe you can we have kind of talked about the hustle and acting already so the the hustle and comedy uh, maybe Calgary versus Toronto, we got into a bit. Um, just, I guess my question would be, uh, take like five minutes to form it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I guess comedy is such a different hustle where like you are going to like, if you have the means to, you're going to multiple shows a mm-hmm. night. Like, and I'm sure some musicians do that too with open mics. They just like hit a bunch if yeah. they really want to practice. Um, but with comedy, the only time you can practice is in front of an audience. Like, yeah. Um, whereas music, you can practice in your home. Um, so what was, what was like diving into that like, and like, what can you say about that? Well, okay. I think it's, it's interesting because when I started doing stand up, I had already been acting and, and already been doing like film stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me doing, uh, like the hustle ended up feeling like such a weird shift right and i think in calgary you you are out every night like you're you're out every night like amongst all your friends and and everything and i think that's across the board every stand-up should be out every night if they can be Mm -hmm. um that being said i felt like in toronto i didn't have that urge to go out every night because it's like there's like i said earlier with the mics right like it's it's like there was an element of it that was if if the show wasn't like a pre-booked show there was kind of in in my opinion and and i don't know if this is going to sound cocky but it, it just felt like there was no point in going mm. um yeah it's like it, it does it drains you right it drains like, you and and especially like there i was i wasn't just doing comedy i was doing like like a couple of auditions every day right so it it would it would get to a point where i would go okay is it going to be worth it for me to go out and do this open mic or should i stay home and like learn my lines for tomorrow yeah and and i think that's a weird balance to have because not a lot of um and i think a lot of stand ups might not understand that reasoning right cuz a lot of stand ups are like I want to just do stand up mm-hmm. and that's all I'm doing. So like, why aren't you out every night? Maybe sketch sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but then when you, when you look at like actors, it's like, Oh, why would I go out tonight? I have this thing that I have to learn. So mm-hmm. it's, it's finding that balance between the two that I, that I really struggled with. Um, because there was some auditions that I totally fucking botched because I went to a show the night before, uh, and didn't, you know, didn't come prepared at mm-hmm. the same time. There was a lot of, uh, like 
shows that I fucked up on because I wasn't out doing stand up enough. Yeah, and, that's and, true. Yeah. And so it's like <laughs> this weird vicious circle of fucking up. <laughs> yeah, it's totally a vicious circle. Yeah. Um, but that's actually partially why I like Calgary so much because um, like in Toronto I was getting auditions legitimately every day for for about four months. I was mm-hmm. I was every day like either like one to three auditions, and so that was like that's your day job at that point. You're, yeah. you're going and you're, you're going around the city doing auditions. Um, here, uh, it, you're going to get like a couple of week, like, and, and that's like, like if it's a good week. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like before I moved to Toronto, I was, I was at a place where like I was auditioning pretty much like four or five times a week. Like, even if that was just self tapes, like it was, it was something that like was always happening but it wasn't taking me out of doing stand-up. Like, mm-hmm. I still had the ability to go out and do shows. Um, and so I, I think that here it's easier to find that balance because, like, the scene is smaller in, in both regards. Yeah, it's a little more sustainable. It's a, a little more sustainable, and, like, it's a little more encouraged to be, like, a multi-artist here. Like, yeah. um, huh. people, in, people in Toronto, like, for sure, there's a lot of comics that are actors, too, but it's, like they're they're actors they're a you know? comic it's they're a comic that acts or an actor that does comedy yeah like, it's it's not yeah, it's not, not kind of both you're not kind of both um and i never want to be one way more than the other right like mm-hmm. i i kind of like the idea of being able to use both like as as various like as different careers like that can benefit each other for sure like people are more likely to you know like if you're doing really good at stand-up people are going to be like oh yeah i want you in my film because like you're you know you've got a decent fan base or like whatever Mm -hmm. else um and the same thing with with acting like oh you you were on this show okay well then i'm going to book you for this tour you know like there's like because i can put your thing on the poster and people are going to recognize that Mm -hmm. so i do think that it is more beneficial to to be like good at both and and to keep yeah. them as two separate careers but definitely to to you know use the use the accomplishments that you get in either career to your benefit yeah carry over learn whatever you learn in one yeah the other totally yeah. sweet and uh, i think we're we're gonna probably have to end it there but before we go we got a new thing we're doing on Deep thoughts <laughs> and i'm really excited to try out this is the first time we're doing it <clears throat> um so you haven't really promoted much of the stuff you got going on no um and that is for a reason everyone that's because um I, we are josh the producer and i uh we're gonna have this segment uh because we don't want the show to be all about uh promoting stuff we want to get into talking about uh art and being an artist and all that stuff but we do want to promote our artists at the same time so uh we don't want to make it too easy for him though so uh we're gonna get spencer uh to can we set like a like a 30 second timer josh um and uh we're gonna be shooting him with uh with nerf guns (laughs) while he is trying to get through all of his promotions in 30 seconds all right so we'll see how this goes um yeah and uh let's uh do you want me to start the timer for you because then you can put your hands down i'll i'll I'll, I'll start it i'll put the mic down i won't be talking i'll just be shooting and this is like very close range shots so this is gonna be pretty fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay all right three two one go all right so on instagram you can find me at s-p-e-n-c-e-r-s-t-r-e-i-c-h-e-r-t uh 
I'm currently in Best of Calgary. I was nominated uh, as Best Filmmaker, Best Actor, and Best Comedian. So you can go on to Best of Calgary and vote for me in all three of those categories. That'd be pretty dope. Uh, another thing I've got coming up pretty quickly is uh, I'm going to be recording another album. So if you want to uh, follow me on Instagram, I'll have a date booked pretty soon here, and then you'll be able to uh, check it out. <laughs> and one. Wow, that was good. You did really well. Yeah. Yeah, I, you didn't. I handled the pressure. Yeah, it's you really did. all that bull riding, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all that bull riding. Yeah, I've been stumped on by a bull. I don't give a shit about a Nerf <laughs> yeah, dart. Yeah, a Nerf gun's <laughs> not going to affect me. I, my yeah. mouth is already <laughs> fucked because of Hollywood. Literally, the bull's name was Hollywood, too. Hollywood fucked you. Hollywood fucked me, and oh, now I'm an man. actor, which is the fucking best irony. <laughs> yeah, you need to. That's a joke right there. Oh, for sure. All right. Born, a joke born on deep thoughts. So. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Deep Thoughts with Connor, Christmas, and Gang. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Spencer. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I didn't have to go to the bathroom.